The American dream disease, a pathogen. Infected people say it's dead, but the few who are immune, who've been inoculated or cured can see the signs and symptoms everywhere. People are still striving for it, and they won't stop until everything on this planet has been consumed. Not because they are bad, not because they don't care, but because these people are sick, very, very sick. Genome sequences of viral pathogens have the capacity to provide valuable insight into epidemic transmission patterns and viral evolution. But to inform public health interventions into acute public health crises, pathogen data has to be analyzed and results disseminated in near real time. The goal of this episode of Maximum Carbon Sinkhole is to promote open sharing of viral pathogen data and harness this information to make epidemiological actionable inferences, like telling your friend he doesn't fucking need a $70,000 SUV or other such eco self-mutilation. Viral pathogens such as the American Dream Disease are an enduring threat to global, public, and planetary health. Despite the assumed containment of the pathogen to old strivers, new outbreaks of the disease are constantly emerging. Immunity is less than 0.07%. Though the global financial crises of the late aughts was a beneficial bacteria to use against further transmission of the illness that provokes the need for big cars, big boats, and big houses for all, resistant strains are constantly popping up and vaccines are still not available in mentally impoverished cities that should know better, like San Francisco, New York, Denver, Portland, and Austin. Further, spread of this American dream disease pathogen has invaded all Western cultures and has finally found a foothold in China, Brazil, and India, making the American dream disease a global epidemic and a grave concern to the survival of all life on Earth. Lest you think non-human animals are immune to the American dream disease, their deaths are the early warning signs of an outbreak and the demise of 70% of the world's biomass, including 83% of all wild mammals, our cousins, show that the battle is lost and it is time for war. On planet Earth, at the peak of human ingenuity, we still haven't managed to save ourselves from... Two brave souls have decided to take on our enemy to prevent the world from falling into the Hello, I'm JP Hurst. I'm Casey Snow. And today we're going to dig a little deeper into that maximum carbon sinkhole. So Casey, like any good CDC researchers on high quantity... <laughs> I'm glad you're crazy. reading us. <laughs> even a little harder i think <laughs> you succeeded so casey like any good cdc researchers on high consequence pathogens might do today we are going to take a walk around the american dream disease and talk about why it persists even though the infected believe it's been eradicated this is really a wellness and enlightenment episode 
Ding. That was pretty good. That <laughs> wasn't so bad. I was like almost, you know, if I hadn't been to a sound healing before, I would have bought that. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually my voice. I didn't have like a copper bowl or anything. Uh, um, they're crystal. Oh, sorry. They're crystal. Yeah. I think, I think if we, if the sinkhole's going to have singing bowls, they're going to be 55 gallon drums of oil. Yeah. With the oil still in it. Uh, yeah. Of course. Well, different levels. So you get oh, yeah. different okay. sounds. You it's know? like, this is what they used to do. Yeah. Now we bang on them to heal. So we were talking about the CDC there for a second, Casey. You were very interested in pathology and viruses and epidemiological study. How come you didn't go into this field as a profession? Why no CDC for you? I didn't get into epidemiology because it re- would, re- would have required me to harm other animals in order to benefit humans and I kind of felt like we were already doing that so more of it wasn't really in in the cards for me well today Casey you're in luck because we're going to apply all of that research and interest and knowledge that you were interested in and paused because you didn't want to test on animals we're going to test on the human race today. I love it I'm I'm totally down with that I will I will pour bleach in a human's eye, I guess. See what happens, you know? Right. I mean, we got to know. We taking volunteers, you know? I don't think the rabbit wants that. Right. Because God forbid, and it's God definitely that forbids us to actually um, just use common sense and don't put fucking bleach in our eyes. (laughs) Well, the American dream disease has many vectors, including pouring bleach in our eyes and... What's funny about it is that most of us are born with it. Some of us can fight it off and some of us can't. And as you can tell there in our setup, the American dream disease, it affects people that are supposedly enlightened. Right. Oh, yeah. I think the enlightened are especially affected. And let's talk about how we've came to this idea, Casey. For a long time, we've been talking about how supposed eco people in their consumer choices failed to still see the bigger picture. It's like people that were bringing canvas bags and driving the Prius and even eating yeah. organic vegan. Yeah. They still seem to miss the big picture. Well, and I think even more so, we even met some people that were like, oh yeah, we left this fake world of San Francisco, the Bay Area, and we moved you know, to New England. And the minute they got pregnant, they just went ahead and jumped back on the wagon, even though they were the ones who were so against Shoga. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, well, babies, you know, they need all the, you have to buy the most expensive plastic. And then you got to send them to the most expensive school, and we got to, and it's like, well, you know, the kids. So so it's odd how those that have cured themselves for it or inoculated themselves from it are still susceptible. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, we've, we've, We've talked a lot about before about how consumer choice won't get us out of the sinkhole, blah, 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 blah. That's not really the focus of this. We've also talked about specifically ragged on Colorado, supposedly eco-hippie liberals, how most of it's performative. Again, you just mentioned the concept of Shoga. But there's this pervasive idea in our culture that the American dream, it's over. Like it's, it's like 2008 showed that. Yeah, you know, fuck a picket fence. Like yeah, we don't we don't want that anyway. It was all and, a mirage. And doesn't it also feel a little bit like though a lot of these people are they're like this is my protest 
American Dream's dead. I'm t- I'm going to pave a new path. And you're like, that's the same path. Yeah. And it's just different companies that you're giving money to. That's right. <laughs> They're like, well, I bought the reusable Starbucks cup. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, I lost it. Because the American Dream is dead, right? So we've all got to do our part. Right, right, right. And, and I don't want a white picket fence. I want a cool house that was in a bad neighborhood and now it's gentrified and it's the popular neighborhood. It's kind of still a white picket fence. It's just that it looks a little bit different. And I think what we're combining here today on the sinkhole, KC, are two concepts that are rarely talked about together, even though, to me, they're, they're incredibly intertwined. And it's the relationship between work and consumerism. Oh, yeah. And when we hear about the American dream is dead, it's really only on, it's really only spoken about on the latter terms, consumerism. Absolutely. The idea of consumerism and happiness. And yet, on one hand, a lot of people that would say, well, the American dream is dead. They buy a fuck ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. They buy it all. They buy it all. They buy it all. By it all. Well, it's solutions for, you know, modern living, modern living. So it's it, because they're trying to maximize their time. Why are they doing that? Because they work all the fucking time. Yeah. And so, again, if you know, if this is your first episode listening to us, Los Angeles, Portland, you know, greater Pacific Northwest, throw Seattle in there, Denver, spend time in Texas and Austin, San Francisco, Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. like we've lived or spent a lot of time in a lot of these hip cities right. and a lot of people that fucking would tell you the American dream is dead and yet they behave as if they're not hearing what is coming out of their own mouth. People that are are like, I am rallying against the machine. Yeah. You see me, I don't wear the clothes that they advertise to me. They do. It's just a different advertisement. Yeah. You know, it comes from a different magazine. So it's just that. It's it's like there's there's people that, that read these magazines and these newspapers and buy these kinds of clothes. And, and so it's still just different cliques of mm-hmm. Americans that are all infected with the American dream, but half of them think they're actually rallying against it. Correct. And then there's another part of our society. And again, this is not a political show, but in America, we would call them the democratic socialists of America, the DSA that is focused on changing work. And you see, you see there's even inside and outside of the DSA. It's like, let's raise the minimum wage, you know, fair work practices, equal pay. Right. Not non-discriminatory. Yeah. yeah, There's all this, there's all this ideas to reform work, you know, bring back the good jobs and stuff like that, pay people a fair wage. Right. And this too is part of the reason that the American dream disease persists, even though these same people would say it's dead. Yeah. And so, again, further in this episode, just sort of setting up some of this conversation, is we want to look at these two things at once. Work and consumerism. Because they're rarely spoken about together. Right. And these are, these are the two pieces of the American dream. Without one, there isn't the other. Correct. It doesn't matter which one. <laughs> so before we get into the epidemiology of tracking the pathogen of the American dream and why it continues even though Almost everyone you meet would say it's dead. That's weird, right? That's a weird virus. It's like, yeah, we've eradicated polio. And you're like, there's a bunch of people in wheelchairs. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of anti-vaxxers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're in Congress. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny you think about that because there's some like literal anti-vaxxers. And then these are the same people that are like, the planet's dying, honey. And we have to use 
reusable water bottles. And yet you go in their kid's room and it's full of thousands of plastic bits made by kids overseas. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Contradiction doesn't exist in their world. No. So before we get into, like I said, tracking the pathogen, we want to tell two quick anecdotes that mash up the combination of work and consumerism and illustrate why the American dream persists, even though, again, we all think it's dead. Casey, why don't you give us your anecdote? So I'll I'll give the lower class (laughs) example. Years ago, when I was living in Milwaukee, and a bunch of punk rockers that, you know, made probably equivalent combined, 20 people made maybe $2,500 $2,500 a year. You know, you didn't need much more than that and wore dirty clothes and didn't pay rent and squatted all over the place. Anyways, a few uh, had gotten like real jobs at Quad Graphics, which was pretty much the biggest blue collar, non-beer related um, <laughs> <laughs> industry uh, in in Milwaukee. And uh, and why did they get jobs there? In they, the got, they got jobs there. Well, so so initially it was because, you know, like life's hard and it's like, well, hey, I could I could get, I could get, it was, I don't, I'm going to give it a number $12 an hour, which was like astronomical. Okay. We're talking early nineties, Milwaukee. And this was at a time where this is one of these places where the turnover was so high, you could show up and if you, you had a pulse, they absolutely, like, sure, you in. could show up and, and there really wasn't much, if you could speak and read, you were, you were in, I mean, they weren't real picky. Uh, there was just, there was all different kinds of jobs, but they're all related to printing and, and, and stuff like that. So these people who, you know, used to go to all the shows and go to all the parties and the bar and the coffee shop, you know, started to disappear a little bit, disappear a little bit, a little bit. And then they'd kind of complain that nobody was inviting them, but it was, they were never around. And then so I, I had this argument with one of them because he was trying to recruit people to go work at this job because it did pay really good. And we were all like dirt, 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 dirt poor, and, you know, eating ramen and that's it for, for years. And but I, what I saw was, was a bunch of people that went and worked there and now they were moving to houses closer to work because they were at work so much, 12 hour days. And all their money was going right back in to work because where they cashed their checks was at a bar that was owned by quad graphics and they spent all their money on beer at this bar or to the convenience store that was also owned by quad graphics (laughs) and I was like you're a fucking slave dude like you are recruiting more slaves like I so I work and I play and I do everything in the place that what is using me to become very rich and consume everything on this planet. Like, fuck you, man. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's like, sure, they got union jobs and they got paid paid a fair way. I don't even know if Quad Graphics is still around. You know, but they just got sucked so hard in the machine that they didn't even see it. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of terrifying because these were people who were like anarchy and fuck the man and fuck the government. You know, this was like as entrenched as you could get. And, and so let's unpack that a little bit. I really like that anecdote. What you're, what you're talking about, even again, for like a blue collar job, this is persistent up the chain. Whereas you supposedly get paid more and your life is going to be better, but it requires you to spend more. Correct. So, so this is uh, over the last 10 years since the quote unquote recovery from the great 
recession. You, there's been there was a giant sucking sound of money all throughout the '80s, right into the into the big city centers, and now you've had you know talent and brain drain, you know sucked and followed yep. in. Yep. And everyone's sort of left. There's you know thousands of small towns decimated because no one lives there anymore. And the promise is of a better wage, of better jobs. There's better jobs yep. in the city. Yep. Right. Again, yep. two pieces of this rarely talked about. Right. There's there's a better job here. You can you can get it. If you're college educated, you move to a city, you make more money. Yep. But what happens when you move to a city, when you move closer to your work, is that you end up spending yep. more at the same yep. time. Yep. This was a cycle that took us a long time to figure out. And it's taken a ton of work to break. Yeah, and I mean, and part of that is because we were we were even sick, even though we weren't as sick as most people. But I mean, if you're in it, you're in it, and it's hard to see all the way out of it. Right. And so we still suffered. They were minor, uh-huh. minor flare-ups, I would say. Right. Uh, but and they were in direct response of each other. Of this, this, this money in means money out. Means money in means money out. Means money in like that it's almost it's it's self-perpetuating it is and the next promotion requires you to get on a plane more often yep you're getting on a plane more often you're expected to go to a different kind of tailor i'm talking about you know you know this is a little autobiographical at this point right but you got to go to a better tailor which means you're spending more time around other consumer purchases hey you're picking up clients for lunch you're, you're driving around uh you got to go play golf with people yep. you know that uh that 85 volvo is not gonna quite cut it yeah you know and 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 you know wearing a jumpsuit every day doesn't work yeah that's not possible even if they're all different colors uh oh, oh wow how old is that phone is that is that a two-year-old yeah. phone yeah you yeah. know yeah. Uh, you know what uh, we're gonna need you to stay late because we've got some entertaining to do we don't think but you know Hey, now you make now you're well into the six figures. Oh yeah, you're yeah, doing a lot yeah. better. Yeah, and 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 you know you're so what if you know when you're not working you're kind of working. Yeah. Or actually working, but you have you're doing this in a bigger house and a nicer car and at better restaurants and mm-hmm. with better clothes on and a better vacation possibility. Though vacation's kind of iffy because you're maybe physically away but you know you still have to uh, get on a phone call here and there and oh you got to respond to that email and oh you got to get that document done oh and then it's 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 insane and i can tell you firsthand that the more money i started to make in this process the more i dreamt of buying shit to justify it exactly because at a certain point our life was comfortable and then it was sort of like i don't know why the fuck i'm here yeah another 40 hours a week and also what am i even doing right and it was sort of like well like i mean i guess i don't know i guess we could remodel this i guess i fuck i i could buy a hundred thousand dollar car you know why do that you know you know we didn't yeah but these are the flare-ups that casey just mentioned yeah we lived way below our means and we tried to not participate but it was sort of like you know like you know i maybe you could get a haircut you know, yeah maybe yeah you know i'm yeah. not sure about those shoes yeah. and like well, how come you don't wear a watch and yeah. oh like bring in your lunch again you yeah. know this is really hard aside from our, our personal travails and you know mine specifically in the corporate world which we may get into later again the idea of work and consumerism they're intertwined yeah and you gave us you gave us a really good sort of blue-collar story there yeah so I'm gonna tell the the American professional story of that right. with a very dear friend of mine we'll call him BC so BC is a former dirtbag dirtbag 
Yeah. And he and I used to do some dirtbag stuff together. Outdoor extreme sports. I prefer the term dirtball, but that's a little different. Dirt balls, dirt bags. There was a lot of bags and balls that were very dirty. And, yeah, dirt. Yeah. Just dirt. <clears throat> so in any case, we were good buddies. We used to do a lot of cool shit together. And it's fine. You know, this, this isn't like a rote sort of like we both grew up and then, you know, a lifestyle. No, no, no. Like it sucked being poor after a while. And BC, eventually he goes back to school. He's like, you know, I, I don't want to be poor. I don't work, want to work in these shitty jobs. I'm just saying to you, this is like a salt of the earth guy. He was not sort of gifted into some do nothing job right. or whatever. He was and like, he, and he was really funny. Yeah. Really funny. And, uh, and you know, so in any case, long story short, BC and I are still very close. BC lives in San Francisco and he's got a big time job now. Yeah. I like, I can't even imagine that he has this job. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I didn't know him well, but like, you know, I sat in a bar with him for hours. Like, let me tell you, I would have never been like, Oh, this guy's going to make lots of money someday and be like on top of something. Yeah. He he went and got his MBA, you know, and, and he paid for connections. Yeah, he did. And, uh, it's working out, you know, he's in a million dollar plus house. Um, he's got the latest and greatest and sort of fashion that keeps him oh, yeah. uh, warm on, on the, you know, the cool San Francisco summers and all that shit. BC's still a really good dude, but you know, and he's got a family and shit like that. And anyway, it's been really strange to see him over the last couple of years. This is not an intervention, right? So just so you know, this he's not going to listen to that. Yeah. Last week he's telling me about how, you know what? the trips that the family has taken, you know, the old wagon, the 10 year old wagon that's in perfect shape. It's just not cutting it. And so on the Lark, he stopped into the new car dealership and they told him it was only worth $2,000. And that to him was a pure sign that since his car was worthless, it was time to get another one. All right. And now worth is worth to a dealer to resell it, not worth of yeah. use and longevity like yeah this car is in fine shape it's it's typical like uh, chuck from this is hell the america where we know the price of everything and the value yeah, of nothing exactly so and in, in the same breath he's like okay so then we were test driving seventy thousand dollar SUVs, and and again all the personal stuff aside like i don't care you know like whatever i'm just like he's not asking my opinion right, or whatever right. but and one thing we talk about is how much work sucks and because we both did that thing where we were involved in it he knows that i've pulled out he knows why like we've talked about it there's the same feelings he's like oh dude i wish i could do that that's great yeah you know that's cool that you've dropped out a little bit you know he even uses that language and yet he's complaining about the same shit he's complaining yeah. about the fucking ridiculous clients the 7 30 a.m meetings he's on a plane almost every five to 10 business days uh, he's got to go somewhere you know he's he's talking about working 60 70 hours a week like it's fucking you know answering emails at night you know saturday i might work four to six hours on a saturday insane. you know like that, that kind of stuff and there is absolutely zero connection in bc's mind and this is why i tell this anecdote because this exemplifies the upper strata right 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 just well like, even the mid because i mean people do over buy they buy more than they can afford most people well it's just like the people that you knew working at quad graphics right it was like well they had to work there and it self-perpetuated itself and bc's problem is the exact same 
Yeah. So this isn't even a class-based problem, right? right. The American no, dream it's, it's is not same. a class. Well, yeah, because the people I knew had to move closer and then they moved closer and instead of squatting or living with 30 other people, it's like, well, now I have this 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 apartment all to myself. I guess I have to furnish it. And, right. it, you know, it, ju- it just keeps going, right? That's mm-hmm. insane. And, you know, not to mention that, and we know this, we know that the jobs and the economy are all fake. Yeah, made up. Right, bullshit jobs, you know. That book by, you know, David Graeber. Yeah. Right? yeah. It came out a few years ago. Uh, we're going to do a quick reading from that in a minute. But, you know, the diving board into consumerism is work. And so that's why when the DSA is like, we're focused on work or at best, they want to create a UBI. Right. This is why Casey and I don't necessarily buy into electoral politics. Vote. We vote. Yep, go fucking yep, vote. Yep. But we don't feel like it's the vector for change because even... Even the areas where people are focused on work and trying to make it better and trying to create better jobs, there is no counter, there's no counterbalance to counteract the increased consumerism that exactly. happens because exactly. of that work. Right. You need to, the chain needs to be broken. Yeah. And, and politics isn't going to do that. And, and, I mean, it, it can't, it's, it's part of the chain. Like it's not, yeah. it just isn't going to. Yeah. And so I don't we don't want people to suffer out there and we want people to feel like they have dignity in something they do. And we want people to meet their basic necessities, but I'm not interested in making sure that people can buy more shit. Yeah. I, I, I think what has to happen is people need to be cured of this, this idea that they're chasing happiness through um, a better job or more stuff or whatever. Um, even, even at a very poor level, which I've been, you, you, I think it's even worse sometimes because it's it's hard to imagine a middle class or upper class life but what you can't imagine is stuff right you can imagine and you can touch it and you can get it and you can put it on layaway i don't know if they still do that but you know it's it's knowing knowing that your life is always going to suck because you're never going to make shit for money and you're never going to be able to move to a neighborhood that isn't a little fucking shady or dirty or whatever, you know, but if I get that new, uh, that new chair oh, yeah. or that new lamp or a new kitchen gadget, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's worse than a drug addiction. It is, it is a drug addiction. Um, but it's also a virus because people don't even have, most people don't have a choice. It's just kind of like when, when kids are indoctrinated into religion. So like, like we're indoctrinated into this machine and unless we start seeing cracks and saying, whoa, 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 like it, it's impossible. It's impossible to get out of it. Am I going to get that promotion? A new outfit would show on upper management potential. My car is two years old. I'm such a loser. My husband needs a landline and a client. What if we can't afford a bigger house? I need to get a credit card so we can go to Europe, maybe Asia. We need to show we're successful. Our neighborhood isn't as popular as it was when we moved in. Did I buy the right wine for our workplace marketing brainstorming session? We've got to be seen at that new high-end endangered species restaurant. I need to tweet more. Why didn't I buy those followers on Instagram? I should go to a jewelry store and take pictures of me trying on five-figure tennis bracelets. I need to put in more than 80 hours a week or we'll never get a boat. We should probably adopt some foreign kids. Our bios aren't showy enough. I need a new purse. I need a new jacket. I need a new SUV. 
I need more. I need everything. I can't survive without it. The American dream disease affects 99 out of 100 people around the world. Does happiness feel just one purchase away, one promotion away, one tweet away? Have you reached your consumer goals only to find the goalposts constantly moving further away? The American dream isn't dead. It's alive and it's lethal. Contact a sinkholer for your 12-step inoculation to a better, happier, and more genuine life. Control your problems. Control your life. And that's why we were taking the view today of talking about the American dream disease as a virus. Right. We want to pull back out a little bit. And as we were just saying there, jobs are a diving board into consumerism. And consumerism, including everything from, you know, getting a better job so you can buy more affects all of our society. Again, it's not just the plastic bags in the ocean, but it's the problems with education, uh, you know, retirement goals, housing, hobby, community, uh, community, you know, kids, you know, uh, your fucking kids hobbies. Yeah. Like it's all of this shit suffers. All of this shit is fucking broken. So that's why we were like, raise the minimum wage. I'm like, I I don't know, man, that's not the string I want to pull. No, I mean, I mean, the, here's the thing is that is that raising the minimum wage i mean I, i'm not anti yeah I'm do it do it but that really isn't the answer yeah. i mean that's the answer for some people in the short term for sure correct but in the long term that is also going to feel like six dollars an hour like that's, yeah that's how it works and and also free college for everyone well i I've still got student loans that we're paying yeah, off yeah. and it fucking sucks. And I want people to go get an education. But the reason we're talking about free college for everyone is so you can get a better job so you can buy more fucking shit. Right, right, exactly. I mean, education should really be a kind of better betterment. You know, I want to better myself. I want to understand the world more. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better earthling. I want to I want to know how to do weird math stuff. You know, whatever it is. It's more like school should be a hobby. Like, oh, I'm 18. I've learned the basics, so uh-huh. I can I can I can use logic mostly pretty good except for, you know, I'm still in the teens, so I'm dumb. I'm going to make bad decisions. But, you know, uh, higher education should really be that. It's higher education. What are your interests? What do you like? Not what job can you get? Cuz let's face it, fucking jobs aren't there anymore. Yeah. They aren't there anymore. Fucking fake jobs. Yeah, it's all bullshit jobs. It's all stuff at the end of the day. Now, some people still have cool jobs. There there are still cool jobs. But at the end of the day, what have you done? Well, let's talk about bullshit jobs, Casey. Again, we're going to talk more specific about the signs and symptoms and the pathology of the American dream disease. But while we're on the subject of bullshit jobs... I want to read uh, f- both from an interview with David Graeber, the author of Bullshit Jobs, and, and um, a, some quick excerpts from his book. So in an interview with Sean Illing from Vox, uh, very plainly he asked David, what are bullshit jobs? And Graeber says, bullshit jobs are jobs which even the person doing the job can't really justify the existence of, but they have to pretend that there's some reason for it to exist, Right. A lot of this, the, like immediately, this should feel right. like, oh yeah, right. I get that. That's right. prob- that's probably well, me. Mo- and mo- yeah, mo- and most people do, which is even weirder. Right? Yeah, it's weird. And uh, again, like we're sick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like okay, yeah. that's the bullshit element. A lot of people confuse bullshit jobs and shit jobs, but they're not the same thing. Bad jobs are bad because they're hard, or they have terrible conditions, or the pay sucks. 
but often these jobs are very useful. Right. In fact, in our society, often the more useful the work, the less they pay you. Exactly, which is, which is insane. <laughs> That's a funny ass contradiction. Yeah. Uh, you know, think about people hauling trash away or teachers. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. You, oh God, yeah. 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 Um, whereas bullshit jobs are often highly respected and pay well, but are completely pointless and the people doing them know this. All right, so I'm sure you can think of some examples of bullshit jobs, right? So here's a couple interesting points that, that Graeber makes that, that sort of summarize. Uh, I mean, know. doctors turned out like that when they weren't paid shit, they were actually good. Now they're paid tons of money and they're fucking useless. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we tell this joke all the time about how many doctors have to have bullshit jobs. You walk into a waiting room and seven out of 10 people there are fucking over 400 pounds. You're like, oh, your ankles hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, your knee hurts. Cool. Well, um, I, I have to see 40 patients an hour during my shift yeah. and, uh, this doesn't feel like medicine, right? You know, it's not medicine when there's a TV blaring in the corner fact, by the way, anyway, not a healing center. Okay. So reading now from bullshit jobs. So what are these new jobs precisely? A recent report comparing employment in the U S between 1910 and 2000 gives us a pretty clear picture. And Again, if we looked at the job growth between 2000 and today, we'd see we're even full of right. more bullshit jobs. Right. He also notes here that these findings are consistent you know, across most of the Western world. Right. Over the course of the last century, the number of workers employed as domestic servants in industry and in the farm sector has collapsed dramatically. At the same time, quote, professional, managerial, clerical, sales, and service workers tripled, growing from one quarter to three quarters of total employment. Three quarters of total wow. employment. Okay, so now we're quantifying it. Yeah, yeah, Most yeah. jobs are bullshit. Yeah. In other words, project. In other words, productive jobs have just as predicted been largely automated away. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. So you know, almost three quarters of the work that we used to do, technology has yeah. solved that. Yeah. It's gotten rid of it. Thanks, guys. Um, and he says that these jobs have largely been automated away, even if you count industrial workers globally. Okay. But rather than allowing a massive reduction of working hours to free the world's population to pursue their own projects, pleasures, visions, and ideas, we have seen the ballooning of not even so much of the, quote, service sector as of the administrative sector, up to and including the creation of whole new industries like financial services or telemarketing, or the unprecedented expansion of sectors like corporate law, academic and health administration, human resources, and public relations. And these numbers do not even reflect on all those people whose job it is to provide administrative, technical, or security support to these industries, or for that matter, the whole host of ancillary industries, dog washers, all-night pizza delivery, that only exist because everyone else is spending so much of their time working in all of the other ones. These are what I propose to call bullshit jobs. It's as if someone were out there making up pointless jobs just for the sake of keeping us all working. And here, precisely, lies the mystery. In capitalism, this is precisely what is not supposed to happen. Sure, in the old inefficient socialist states like the Soviet Union, where employment was considered both a right and a sacred duty, the system made up as many jobs as they had to. <laughs> <laughs> There's a parenthetical here. This is why in Soviet department stores, it took three clerks to sell a piece of meat. But of course, <laughs> that's weird, right? But of course, this is the sort of very problem market competition is supposed to fix. According to economic theory, at least, the last thing a profit-seeking firm is going to do is shell out money to workers they don't really need to employ. Still, somehow, 
It happens. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane because I've had, I've had one of those jobs. Yeah. I had it so hard that my, my eight hour day, I would get done in 40 minutes and the rest of the time I was playing video games. Oh, for (laughs) sure. For sure. And it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? And I had to be there, you know, because you had to be. You have to be there. You have to be there. And and let me tell you, everybody knew I was fucking around. Oh, yeah. Okay. And right here, we're talking mostly about Western jobs. So let's just say US and UK. In Japan, the work culture there is even more stifling. The culture in Japan's weird. They fucking kill whales and dolphins, so I forgive them. For yeah, nothing. and and what are the effects that Japan's culture is seeing is that over there you can't leave work until your boss leaves. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, and but but let's face it. There's some there's some places in the U.S. that are like that. 100 percent. Yeah, hundred percent. It's the well. I, if if they think I if I'm gonna leave, then yeah, you know, I might not get that promotion. And he, here in the U.S., we've talked about this before, Casey. You've mentioned this I, the idea of unlimited vacation, vacation time. Vacation time. Yeah. Oh yeah, unlimited vacation time is. Yeah bullshit yeah it's bullshit yeah oh yeah you can you can you can take a month off yeah yeah but nobody does nobody does nobody even wants to take a week no because they're worried well what if the, everybody know? will find out that i don't do anything yeah it's a bullshit job Gra- graber says this here this is another uh, reading again from the book <laughs> again he's comparing uh, he says not unlike soviet workers uh most people in the u.s are working 40 or even 50 hour weeks on paper but effectively working 15 hours yeah. again just yeah. as predicted yeah exactly right? like we don't exactly. none of us need to work all that much and and let me just tell you as somebody who worked a job that was very much um an important job when i worked for the police department mm-hmm. you know what i saw was the effect of all the bullshit jobs tell us about that well it's there's this there's this constant dissatisfaction with everybody. And then there's also a little bit of a jealousy. So it's like the people that are still working the jobs that are, let's call it blue collar, but you know, service jobs, jobs that you actually are doing something tangible and you can see it at the end of the day, obviously don't get paid as much. And so they see these fucking slacking ass motherfuckers walking around in fucking suits that they know aren't doing shit all day. Oh yeah. And it's like, what the fuck you go to school to what? Do nothing all fucking day? Pretty much. And you get paid how much more than me, you motherfucker? You know? And then it's like, and then it gets people into, well, I want to get up there, but I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my own way. Well, now you're going to get arrested. (laughs) You know? And that sucks. It's true. No one who works in a white collar job should ever look down their nose and disdain people for being lazy or not working or feeling entitled. Yeah. And we all know this. Yeah. Right? We all know this. Yeah. And yeah, and 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 there was enough people that that I did see that were out of out of it completely homeless and and those on the very very margins. And let me tell you, they were the most grounded people, if the dirtiest. I mean, they were the ones who seemed like most like, hey, I know what's going on here. Yeah, you know. And so let's pull back out for a second there. All right, so bullshit jobs, like the concept that should feel very very familiar to you, to everyone listening to this, to to anyone. <laughs> In the, in the working Western world, right, right? right? And so, again, if you look at work and you look at consumerism together, consumerism is a byproduct of these bullshit jobs, Yep. right? And so, like, this is the machine. This right. is the circle. That's it. Right? That's if it. we were all only working as much as, quote, unquote, was ecologically or physically and certainly mentally needed, if right. we were all working 
10 or 12 hours a week pitching in at the local co-op. Right. Uh, for the community, for the actual health and benefit of the people and plants and animals that are in your bioregion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There would be there wouldn't be this extra money, this extra striving, this extra cause for justification for buying more shit. Graber Graber says it's a profound psychological violence that's happening by causing people to work bullshit jobs. And, and I think what we're seeing here in the sinkhole is that this violence manifests itself as self harm because we've, we've consumed the planet to death to where again, well worn stat, we need four or five earths now. Right to meet our consumption demands. Right. Okay. Work and consumerism. Two sides of the same coin. We we have to look at these together. Yeah. All right, Casey. So now back into the pathology of the American dream disease. Yeah. We're going to talk about the American dream disease just the same way that we talk about any pathogen. We're going to look at signs and symptoms, means of transmission, uh, the pathophysiology, diagnosis, prevention, prognosis, and the epidemiology, i.e. the history. So let's start from the top. What are the signs and symptoms of being affected by the American dream disease? It, so it depends on how you look at it. There's like signs like you can drive around on garbage day. The people with the most garbage, real sick, mm-hmm. real, real sick, sick, real sick. If if there's a guy there, you know, 50 feet past the garbage cans and he's power washing his driveway. Yep. Oh, Real, wow. real ill, real Pro- ill. Probably a terminal case. It, probably terminal. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of them are, and that's the mm-hmm. unfortunate part. Uh, the the how many garages do you have on your property? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. How big is your house? I mean, there's there's so many obvious things, but then there's the psychological things. There's the the flitting of eyes because people are so used to just kind of looking for something shiny constantly. What do I need? What do I need? What do I need? Oh my God! What do I need? You know. And there's the 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 deep deep sadness that you know, you can almost smell, mm-hmm. you know, it's awful going to grocery stores just fucking smells like sad, man. It's just, it's bad. There's, you know, a lot of anxiety, but these people are anxious about everything because they don't know what it is that is actually making them anxious. So they blame it on, Oh, I got this, I got this, uh, this weird freckle and I got to think about that. And oh, da, 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 I got to stress out about this. Oh, the kids aren't in the right school. I got to do this. And it's all of this is it's manufactured problems. None of them is real. Like the average person doesn't have any problems except their addiction to consumerism and their slave labor. That's right, it. Right. That's it. They are, they are enslaved to work because they need to buy things. That's it. Another way that you can spot somebody who's been infected, still infected by the American dream disease is if they dye their hair, not a fun color. Yeah. 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 What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, doing? it's weird. It's really weird. It's, it's, it's disturbing because you walk around and you see people that are, you know, they're doing their flamingo or whatever bird of paradise, like check out my feathers, check out my feathers. And nobody's impressed with them because, because yeah. everybody's striving to have the nicest feathers and they're just looking at themselves in the mirror anyways. So it's like, what are you doing? Uh, I like your anecdote about the, the, the two way window in Miami at the coffee shop. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a full awful falafel place right off of South Beach like the main drag thing and I was sitting there with a friend uh, eating some falafel and the people would walk by and South 
beach is like, you know, the implant capital of the world. I mean, people get their biceps implanted, their butts implanted, their kneecaps implanted. Like everything's fucking implanted. <laughs> like everybody needs a little muscle here or something. It's fucking bizarre. And male, female, it doesn't matter. Um, and the billboards, are, it's just like out of a Margaret Atwood. It's fucking hilarious. And we keep saying this. We live in the dystopia. We do. We we fucking do. So so I'm sitting there and the 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 restaurant had like kind of a film on the window. So I'm facing out to the street on the, the sidewalk and people were, were walking by and like checking themselves out in the mirror, like right in front of me. And I'm like, and these people were horrendous. Like they just a mile away. You're like, what is wrong with that person? They're sick. They're really sick. And they're actually physically it's showing in their physique, physique, yeah, you know, contagious. they're contagious. And you know, the friend I was with is in the machine and she's an enlightened machinist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, do you see this? And she was like, Oh yeah, I guess that's kind of weird. But then I'm like, well, she's probably looking at herself right now and her reflection too. And that's what it is. It's everybody's like trying to show themselves that they've made it because why else would they be working so hard? Right justifying why are, why else would they be stressing out so bad and you know they're not seeking things that would actually make them happy like love and time and hmm. peace and exercise and you know whatever else you're into you know you know that happens in every city too like it's a great anecdote from miami very easy to pick on you know the vapid oh, yeah. miami oh, shit yeah. but you've seen that and i don't know do you have an instagram feed with mostly pictures of yourself right I mean, honestly, that's a sign and symptom. That is a sign and symptom. And, and are you on Instagram at all? Are you on Instagram at all? And, and this stuff, people, you know, the, you know, what's evil fucking Pinterest, man, fucking Pinterest needs to fucking die. A, a picture list of things you want. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So that's, that's probably a good segue, Casey, uh, as talking about the primary means of transmission and spread of the American dream disease. Again, it's worth repeating. Everyone thinks it's dead. It's fucking not. No, it is thriving. It is the tapeworm of today. <laughs> it is fucking everywhere and people are shitting it out and it's just, it's and we're a all fucking just gobbling hating. it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like fucking rabies and shit. You so, know? so, so, uh, yeah. So what are the primary means of transmission and spread of the American dream disease? We just mentioned Instagram, Pinterest, what else? Yeah. The, the, I think the internet is just overall a, a, a really, it's, it's, you know, it's tendrils are everywhere. Right. But it was supposed to set our minds free. Mm, Turns out it's a cage. Funny. Right. It's taught to us in school. It is. I mean, it's pretty scary. CCR has brought back like mock tests and, um, you know, all the, the word problems or it, it's all related to buying things and having things and consuming things or making money or getting a better job. And it's like, this is terrifying. Yeah, it's totally. Terrifying. This is fucking terrifying. Uh, you know, and yep. they're not allowed to teach climate change. Basically, 80 <laughs> percent of his math tests are just the price is right questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, the price is right is a great fucking example. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, that's primary it. means of transmission. Yeah, television, you know, media across the board is uh -huh. largely, uh, they're, they're, they're basically, uh, you know, a, a pathogen factory. Right. Uh, but I mean, it, I think it also happens. I mean, to a certain extent it happens, you know, at the kind of stages of life, you know, you're, you're born into it. Sure. You're a kid. You don't know any better. And then as you become a teenager, it's, you know, it, people start showing off things that they've 
bought or their parents bought them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's signaling for getting a mate, you right. know? So it's just like the bird. And I can't remember where it was that collected the different colors and of, yeah. of, of plastic shit that we throw out, uh, to show off, you know, what, what lady's going to want, you know, this lady wants all red, you know, this guy's got red. Ooh, that's a nice red thing, you know, whatever. And so, you know, that's a thing, but what's funny is, you know, okay. So, so you get the shiny car and the, and the, the girl's like, Oh, I like the shiny car. I'm going to, I'm going to be with the guy that has the shiny car. They fucking hate each other. Oh yeah. And they'll hate each other until they both fucking die miserable and alone, though still probably married. Because if they if they're with you because of something that you signaled, they they were in turn were sending out signals to other people. Right. But it's not their fault because that's what they were taught. Correct. And even if they weren't taught it by their parents, they were taught it by the media, they were taught it by their school. I mean, this is something that's really, really hard to get away from. And we've also learned it's really hard to keep from your child yes. because even if you're in the sinkhole and you know what's going on, your child is at school all day learning a whole different world and wondering, well, well I kind of want stuff. Yeah. Society is actually a big impediment to raising a child. It's really hard. And, and it's almost like I see why people just cave too in uh-huh. a way, because it's like, it's really hard for a kid to understand, well, we don't buy stuff because you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but everybody else has it. I know. And they're talking about it. And and you know, I, I've, I've touched it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And the question's coming back from holiday break. What'd you get for Christmas? Right. From the teachers. Right. From right. authority figures. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's something that, I it, and that's why, what, 0.07% we said? Yeah. 0.7% are, are immune and that's it. And really, most of those people still probably had it a little bit. Oh, yeah. A little bad of it, a little cold, you know, a little cough, uh-huh. you know, little, <coughs> little moments. Oh God. I caved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I found the credit card. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm guilty, you know, oh, yeah. we're all guilty, but it's the, it's yeah. the realization that there's, that happiness actually doesn't come from it at all. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and it was even hard for me because as, as a woman, I, you know, I wanted to have a, job that I was respected in and that, you know, isn't a normal woman's job. And I would show these men that I could do anything and I could move up the ladder and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm okay. Yeah. I've proved it. Sure. But I don't want to do this forever. (laughs) Like I have to do this now. I I did it. I proved myself. I have to keep doing it now. Well, that's not, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, that's not really what I want. And that's not what makes me happy. It made me proud. Don't get me wrong. But I, I mean, if we had a different society where it was like, well, you need to go challenge yourself and prove your da da da. And it's not for financial gain. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Uh You know, that my hobby is to to test myself on what I can do. Sweet. That's cool. You know, But, but I'm not required to make money so that I can buy things so I can keep doing this loop of what the fuck am I doing? So mea culpa, Casey, what's something recently, what's, what's a little <coughs> cough of the American dream that you've experienced recently? A fridge. A yeah, we have, fridge. we have really nice appliances. We have really nice appliances. And then we, we tried to justify it too, where it was like, well, they'll last a long time or they're more energy efficient. We're just like, yeah, we just kind of wanted some nicer appliances. Well, the old ones were gross. They were, no, yeah, they were, they were not they were, yeah, they were like, a health issue. Yeah. <laughs> so they were, they did really have to go. They were not, they were not safe. Uh, the fridge that we had was also, it ran just 24 seven because the thing was so inefficient. It was from yeah. the eighties. Yeah, no, but you know, we, like, but we, we bought a nice, we bought fridge. a nice fridge. 
We bought a nice fridge. We bought our fridge is so nice you can't put magnets on it. That's how we. That's yeah, how we, which know. is kind that's of a bummer. Thing. But I, I, I say most of most of my American dream <coughs> coughs are like, are like oh that's that's a cool piece of equipment I could use for the tractor. That'd be super. Neat. I'm like no, oh, I'd use that one time. I don't fucking need that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like it does happen. Yeah, and but what's what's even funnier though is I've I've gotten so critical of myself that you know even even my thought of like well i'm gonna need new new shoes uh-huh. i don't really want to buy more shoes because you know shoes especially for running and for being active like they wear out yes they are meant to wear out i mean yeah. they're so because they're so cushy and they're so awesome they only last a fucking year you know and it's like i can't, we can't keep doing this uh, I, i've and both of our running shoes right because like we have both been to the orthopedic yeah. doctors yeah. dozens and dozens of times yes. trying to maintain an active, healthy lifestyle. And you end up coming to this conclusion where it's like, I need to have nice shoes Yeah, and my shoes fucking wear it. Okay. So let's just accept that. Also, I've tried barefoot running. I broke a fucking bone. He in did. My foot. And I, I warned him. And still to this day, like it'll, it's never yeah. going to heal. Yeah. So, you have right. to wear special pads because of it now. Yeah. So in any case, each of our shoes that keeps us healthy they're about 150 bucks each and we got to replace them at minimum every six months. Yeah. I'm on like month eight of these shoes. They've got holes in them. The, 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 the foam on the bottom was so worn out that I actually took a sanding wheel yeah. on, on my, my, my circular cutoff grinder and I sanded them down. Yeah. I was like, you know what? They're worn. I'm listing to one side. I'm just going to sand the foam down. Yeah. It was, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty Cause amazing. we don't want to buy more shit, man. Right. And, and cause I, and, and that's the thing I get that I get emails for the brand shoe. I'm like, people are probably clicking and buying like new color out. Yeah. New color. Like I don't give it like I have never like whatever color is cheapest. That's the color I want. Which one's cheapest? Totally. I don't give a fuck what color my shoes are. Go fuck yourself, man. Yeah, man. I mean, do, you, do let's make everything black. Let's all be fucking emo because we need to be a little more emo right now, okay? <laughs> but you know, it. But it's it's hard because then you know every time I do get the email, I'm like, well, my shoes are worn out though. Yeah. But I can't, you know. It, so it's fucking so hard, man. It's fucking hard. So we get it out there. Yeah. So let's talk now about pathophysiology. So immune system evasion. So this is, this is probably like even a central tenet of the American dream disease and why as a pathogen, it continues to spread even to people that know it's fucked. Right? So why does the American dream evade our immune system, evade the immune system of woke people? Why are woke people even susceptible to this? How come this this American dream can hide in our body even if you're looking for it? Well, it's because this disease is very smart. Mm-hmm. This and it, and it and what it does is it adapts very quickly. So it finds a weakness, which um, you know we'll talk about these these eco friendly people. Their weaknesses they want to be environmentally friendly. Yes. So the illness is like we can mimic that. Boom. So, 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 so then the pathogen, you know, split and we have this evolution that is, you know, pretty eco-friendly on the, on the outside, but it still tears the environment apart. Right. Would you like an electric car? Right. Let's check back in on the lithium mines and the communities nearby in 20 years. Right. Exactly. And then it went to veganism. Mm. Now, did you know in the UK, uh, I think it's, fuck, I can't remember. Some restaurant is offering, I think there's a, 
happy meal that's vegetarian there are vegan and like it, it, it's happening but it, so it, it, it this this pathogen can evolve into anything that we 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 evolve into right if we're trying to evade it well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna fight this and i am going to you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna become a yoga teacher <laughs> and i'm gonna enlighten myself and how i'm gonna do that is i'm gonna travel to peru every six months i'm gonna do a week-long meditation. It's going to cost about $12,000 each time I go. So I'm going to have to work a lot, which means I'm going to have to spread this spirituality through movement at a yoga studio near you. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to sell mats and you're going to buy mats and you're going to get all the yoga clothes and then you're going to get the yoga hair and then you have to have the yoga Instagram, which you have to show pictures of you doing yoga on, you know, pizza stoves um <laughs> yeah pizza stoves. sorry <laughs> um you know and then well then you have to you know you have to get a dog and then when you get a dog you got to get the dog accessories and then once you've done that you've got a yoga dog now you got to do the yoga cat which i'm all for adopting and buying animals getting animals just have animals <laughs> however then you know you have to do all the consumerism that that's you know, align with that. So there's, there's really very few ways to, to avoid the pathogen, but there is one way and that is outside without technology. Right. Because it's kind of like a lead, it's like a lead box. It can't penetrate you there. <laughs> the sun is a Faraday cage. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good, te that's a good teaser Casey Ooh. for prevention and infection. But you're totally right about the pathophysiology is that the American dream disease can mimic the things that you say you want in your life yep. to provide it to you. Exactly. It's the same way you're like, oh, you're against global corporate capital for racial inequality reasons. <laughs> well, check it out. We've got a biracial couple in this insurance ad. yes yes huh yeah is that is that what you're talking about yeah. we can do that for you yeah we're cool with it exactly we're cool with it now mm -hmm. we're cool with it now mm -hmm. that's totally mm -hmm. fine mm -hmm. so how do we diagnose somebody with american dream disease how do we how do we diagnose them and able to start to get at a prevention plan so it's not the diagnosis so much it's the it's sharing the news with them Mm -hmm. So it's letting them know I'm, you've been infected. You've been infected maybe your whole life. Uh, and that's the hardest part because you may be risking that relationship mm -hmm. at worst. That's at worst. At best, you may actually... Well, no, at worst, you might get, end up getting infected too. Sometimes that could happen, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but it is really hard to tell somebody, you know, especially if it's somebody you care about, you're like, you're really sick. You know, I can say I did that with, with, you know, my own mother, you know, when she was, uh, she was, she was addicted to shopping. I mean, she had bedrooms full of clothes with tags on them that she's never worn. Uh, she made a lot of money and she spent triple that mm -hmm. mostly on clothes. And she was one of the most unhappy people I ever knew in my life. And I would tell her constantly, stop buying, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it was like, she'd just turn off, just turn off. And I was like, I mean, she's a terrible person, so that's a whole different story, but 
you know, I, I think that see, growing up, seeing, seeing that, that addiction, that, that pathogen that was so just like, I mean, they're bleeding out of their fucking eyes, man. You know, they're assholes. Like blood was coming out everywhere of every hole or something. You know, I was just like, I, I don't want to catch that. That looks fucking terrible. Now that doesn't mean I was immune, but I was, you know, I, I, I had dirt under my fingernails through all of it, you know? So I didn't ever buy completely into it. Uh, but I don't, I don't, it's really hard. The, oh, I mean, even, even the enlightened person I know that's in it. I, I don't know how to pull somebody out. I really don't. I don't know how you can, how you can pull somebody out. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I don't know if you can. We'll submit that it's almost possible to pull somebody else almost out. Almost impossible. We still think it's our duty to let them know that they're infected. I do. I do think that. I, you know, big, bigger numbers, seeing a different way of life. Because the thing is, is that the people that are really in it are really in it and you're not going to be able to pull them out. But like people like your friend BC, I mean, he did have a foundation that maybe didn't have the pathogen. Yeah. And now I don't know that you could get him all the way out because he's, he's kind of tangled yeah. in a web that is now related to him. He's talking about, yeah, BC again, that's a good point, Casey. He's got a foundation. But he's talking about, you know, he's going to need 6.5 million to retire. But what the fuck are you talking about? That's insane. What are you talking about? And that's the thing. What kind of lifestyle are you talking about? Exactly. And and how do you talk somebody down that, off that ledge? Because they don't, they, they're now so sick. They can't see, they can't see straight. And it's, it's terrifying when you see. It, but then you, you know, you go just to the shitty fucking grocery store and you see the fucking headlines and all these celebrities and what they got and where they're vacationing and their new thing. And, the, and it's, it's just, it's so entrenched in, in who we are that it's, it's really hard to clean somebody from that because I, it's almost like they need a detox. Like you got to mm-hmm. lock them in a fucking hole, you know, and just be like, no, you have to learn how to survive in this hole. <laughs> if you make it out alive, you're going to be free of the pathogen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's you're talking about, you know, just people that you know and love. We can imagine it would be especially hard if your significant other was the one that was dragging oh, you into this. Man. Let's say you let's let's say you were like <coughs> like I'm weak. I've yeah, got to, yeah. <coughs> I just I need to lie down. But, you know, the other person like you said, Casey, is just bleeding all over the place, bleeding right, all over right, you. Right. And you know, they want to give you a hug. It's yeah. really hard to look somebody you love in the face and say, I don't think we could do this anymore. Yeah. 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 I mean, imagine that. Imagine when, when we were in Colorado and, and we both came to the conclusion that we got to spend less money because we got to make less money. I mean, imagine if it were one of us were like, yeah, but I, I really want that big house or I really need that SUV or I can't think of anything. It's such a bad example, but yeah. you know, you know, I mean, that would be really hard. Yeah. That would be really hard to see, you know, this person that you've, you know, you're planning on spending the rest of your life with, you know, sick and you don't, you don't know how to save them. I mean, I think a lot of people probably just say, fuck it. I guess I'm going to join you. I mean, it's easier to join them than to quit. You know, it, it sure is. It sure is. I certainly have met my share of beleaguered folks who are like, well, <sighs> 
that's what she wants you yeah. know so yeah I, you know i'm fucking yeah. here at work again because yeah. the kids for some reason and have to go into private school i know a guy that had a heart attack at age 37 because the million dollar house that he lived in and the private school for the three kids and the three hundred thousand dollar cars that they had weren't an, at 37 the guy had a fucking heart attack from stress yeah that's not bullshit that's former colleague that's crazy and that's not uncommon i mean it's not it's not uncommon. And the thing is, is what did he learn? Nothing. Yeah. He, I he mean, smokes a little more weed now. Right. Right. Which will help a little bit. Yeah. But otherwise, but not, it's, it's I mean, still business as usual. Yeah, otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just it. Big church going folks, by the way, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it's oh, not surprising. It's like where, again, it's reinforced there. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to give them money in order to get status in the church. Yeah. Well, and you had a hit upon it with with the story about your mother and so you know here we're talking about significant others luckily not a problem for the sinkhole right however our extended family i mean people that cannot be helped no and i mean l to the point that they're dangerous oh yeah i would like i i have a close relative who i haven't spoken to in 10 years pharmaceutical sales rep that's just one of many transgressions right you know yeah the last time the last time i checked in it was like just finally got the Lexus SUV with the bow on it. Well, yeah, sounds about right. Right, right. What yeah. Do you, what, and what do you do? Yeah. You, and what, some people can't be saved. So when you look at them, they're not worth giving the diagnosis, are they, Casey? They're not. They're not. But at the same time, like, we have to do something. We have to eradicate this because <laughs> this is it. We don't eradicate that. We're going to eradicate ourselves. And, and that's why it is an epidemic. It's not just like self-harm. Right. It's causing harm to all of us. Right. And by all of us, it's everything that lives on this planet. Not enough of us are vaccinated. So you mentioned sun and dirt and leaves and plants and feathers and wings as men- as methods to prevent the spread of this infection. Yeah. What other ways can we prevent the spread of the American dream disease? If you look, you look at somebody and you say, you know what, <clears throat> you've got it, but I think we can save you. What kind of plan can you throw in front of them? What Gar- kind of treatment? Garden, grow your own food, even just grow your own tomatoes. Start there. And I will, I will continue to say this, right? It's like, you're like, oh, my grandmother gardened or whatever. You know, you're like, oh, again, like, Casey and JP, they're on their gardening bullshit. It's like, hopefully if you've been with us thus far, right? Like, it's not fucking twee. What we're saying is like gardening is the soul. It, no, it is. I mean, think about it. What do you eat? Mm-hmm. I bet you don't know. Most people don't know what they eat. And if you start there. Look at the ingredients on something you eat. Be terrified that you can't pronounce a lot of the words. That's that's not the path to happiness. Go to the health. grocery store and just look at all of the, quote, choice. Yeah. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Choice is such bullshit. Do you ever, did, who else is, who else is flummoxed going to the grocery store? Because we talk about this all the time. Like, and... Ever since I was a kid walking to the store, I was like, what the fuck? And well, I didn't have this language. I didn't have these thoughts. Right. I, was, I fucking watched MTV eight hours a day. And right. I still went to the grocery store. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is a lot of color. Right. So I'll, I'll just say this. So when I was a kid, we would play this game in the grocery store. Find the grossest thing. 
It's a great game. You, you have you have a minute. You have to find the grossest thing. Pig's feet was usually number one, but then it got outlawed because that was too easy. Pork rinds, gross, right? So it was always meat products, spam, yeah. whatever. Now I'm like, it might just be cereal. I don't fucking know. It's all <laughs> fucking terrible and disgusting. Like, I mean, it's insane, right? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. I mean, back then, back then, there was only two kinds of Doritos, Cool Ranch and Nacho. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Cool Ranch was like, whoa, you have fucking broken the mold. What's the deep healing provided by gardening? Like, why is that a, a means to prevent infection? And so I think, uh, you know, outside of the being outside and in, in quote unquote nature, I mean, we're in nature no matter what, it's, it's, being, it's, it's being responsible for something. And I mean, yeah, you can have a dog and a cat and all that, but it's different because this thing actually produces something that you eat. It, it's providing nourishment for you and your family. That in itself, and you know, you aren't entirely in control of it, and you realize that food is precarious. Food, food doesn't just isn't just doesn't just grow on trees. I mean, it does, but you know, it takes some doing, and especially if you're trying to do it without all the chemicals. Uh, and I think it also just it it forces patience. Something that you know, in when you have the disease, you don't have any patience because you can't. No, you can't have you patience. You don't have time. You got to get to places because you got play, things yeah, to do. Yeah, and the fucking thing and the and kids. And the thing, and, and then you got the, this schedule, the and it's so exhausting. And, and when have I last slept? I don't fucking remember. I don't have time to and, fucking. You know, speaking plant of that, last night when we went to the store to get Advil, I don't know if you noticed there was like six different sleep, like Nyquil, just for sleeping, like not even for colds. It was like Nyquil sleep, <laughs> and there was like four different like Advil sleep, and I'm like. I mean, I, I, I had sleeping problems. I, I've gone very long without sleep. Yeah, it's a warning sign. It is absolutely a warning sign. And, you know, now it's, it, it used to be, uh, they had, you, you had no dose and then there was the sleep one. I don't remember what the sleep one was. Uh, now it's, you can go to the store and you can knock yourself out because, you know what, you can't sleep otherwise because there's too much fucking shit to do. And your brain is fucking frazzled. It's frazzled. And, and, you know, so I don't know. I, I just, it's fucking scary. The world's fucking scary. Yeah. And, and similar to gardening, one of the best methods to come down, if we were racehorses, they'd say we need to cool off in the pasture, right? Mm-hmm. Got to get the drugs out of our system, has been working with our hands. Yeah. And that yeah. was something we sought out. And part of it is because, you know, working on a computer yeah. for a decade. You're just like, I, my life just seems like it's the screen and the keyboard. Right. And working with the hands to me was therapy. You know, I took, I took some welding classes. We started painting. Yeah. You know, it's evolved now to more days than not. We are touching, making, we are interacting with the physical world, yeah. even if it's not gardening. Yeah. And a great thing about this is that these like gardening, it doesn't have to be cheap, but it can be very, very cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the same thing with working with your hands. There's like free shit everywhere that you can make stuff out of. And again, back to Pinterest, like there's like 50 million things you can make with palettes and our house is full of them now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. And this, some it's of the shit beautiful. that I'm the most proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. And so I get squirrely, even though I don't, you know, I don't work the same that I used to, but I get squirrely if I go a week where I'm like, I haven't made anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, cause I start to, I start to feel disconnected. I, the unreality starts to set in. Well, and, and it goes so much as, you know, what is the biggest thing everyone talks about? Exercise. Everybody needs more exercise. Yeah. You know what? Fucking garden. 
Yeah. It's like the best exercise you can get. And the thing is, is it, it, and no, it's, you don't get your burn on. I mean, I guess you probably could, but, uh, just the act of constant movement and, and, and touching things and picking things up and pulling weeds and doing this. I mean, just that it, it, it kind of, it's what our bodies were made to do, you know? And when you start using it in that way, that in itself is just mental health right there. And not only that, like you're physically getting more oxygen when you're outside gardening, when you're around leafy plants, you're actually getting more oxygen into your brain. Exactly. Like like that is a chemical effect. Right. That is a chemical effect to this metaphorical pathogen that we're talking about here. Right. That's that's a chemical prevention. Yeah. You know, and then there's other stuff too. You've heard us talk about this before. Media detox, screen detox, log off fucking do anything else yep. besides spend time reading the fucking news, playing yep. video games or watching fucking the latest Star Wars piece of shit. Even just going out and walking your street and picking up garbage and recycling. Doing something that you can actually see or feel a difference that yeah. you've made in a person, an animal. In your in, extended dooryard. In your extended dooryard. I mean, anything positive you can do will make you want to do more and actually make you happy. Yeah. And it'll start to provide you pathways for further prevention of the infection right so casey what's the prognosis for the infected individual who has succumbed to american dream disease well it's it's that's tough i mean the they're mostly terminal unfortunately uh, even though they can persist for a long time many people eventually succumb and die from american dream disease correct correct uh, they they may not realize it uh it's probably not going to be on their death certificate mm-hmm. though it should be uh, you know, heart attacks, mm-hmm. uh, I would say most cancers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's all the chemicals that are part of, part of this disease. Uh, I mean, there's pretty much everything y- you could live yeah. to be 80 and you're still going to succumb to it. Yeah. Suicide, depression, Suicide, depression, uh, self-medicating. Oh yeah. Self-medicating, getting addicted to opioids, um, chronic pain, uh, all of that, all of that can be, uh, be p- part of, part of, part of the disease overeating overeating is absolutely a you know that's that's it it, anything that you can point at that isn't probably related to a sports injury which maybe that's part of your consumerism problem too i mean (laughs) is really probably directly related to this disease yeah so we're talking about something that again like uh, uh, nice metaphor guys it's a disease it's a disease no it it is a disease terminal for individuals and for all life on earth and all life on earth and that I, uh, uncontroversial and yeah absolutely we're absolutely. driving off the cliff yeah yeah together together and i mean i i i kind of look at it like the um the the crazy uh, fungus that that drives ants up to the to the end of a branch <laughs> right yeah. and then it explodes out of their brain i mean this is you people that are infected with this are not thinking for themselves yeah, man. We just hit upon it there, Casey. What's the prognosis for the infected population at the epidemiological level? Well, that's it's not good, right? Well, here's the problem, though, is that it's continued growth. Yeah. This disease does not impair impregnation. It doesn't impair breeding in any way. What it does is it actually increases it in some right. ways. Now, you know, they say that, well, the more educated a population is the less kids they have well that's true but 
it's just in this recent era that everybody's educated and are they really more educated? Yeah, we, yeah, we have on paper and by number of degrees, we have the most educated society in America that's ever lived. Yeah. And I mean, while sure, the more money you have, the less kids you have. Part of that is because there's no time to have kids. And, and the other part is it's expensive to have kids. Yeah. And, and also one of the reasons that we have the quote again, education quotes, the most educated workforce in society hasn't helped with wages, with wage stagnation. No, hasn't. no, and no, it no. hasn't helped with happiness. It's because people have more education now as a perceived means to an end to increase their wage earning and buying power. And, and Not education working. is, especially higher education is less and less a public institution because most of the, of these universities are funded by corporations and therefore teaching things that these corporations approve. Which is why we're ambivalent about CCR going to college. We don't want that to have to be part of his story. Yeah. Public, public school is already like, Whoa, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just talked about that. It's just like, yeah. yeah. But the, so the problem is, is that we're still breeding and we're still making more people and these people are infected because they're born infected and then they have kids and then they're infected. So the, it, it's not good. That's yeah. not good. So CDC, if you're out there, we know you're not allowed to study gun deaths. <laughs> epidemiologically right. we're saying study the american dream which is another effect of the disease very good point yeah and um <laughs> I'm glad guns don't out. kill people capitalism kills people <laughs> <laughs> so so that's the prognosis for both the individual and the infected population it's not good I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the epidemiology of the American dream disease and specifically the history because mm. it hasn't always been this way. But the, to your point about it spreads from generation to generation, even when all of one generation, most people under 50 would say the American dream doesn't exist. Right. Like it still persists, man. Like oh, people yeah. are still fucking striving and still fucking buying ship and they still want, want, want the fucking, even the fucking tiny home is not the solution. It's not evidence that the American dream is dead. No, man. it is not. It's just evidence. It's of, just a stepping stone. It's just another yeah. permeation. That's all it is. It is. Yeah. Like, you know, be ego, go to REI, you know, REI is part of the fucking disease. Like all of that, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. You know, you want a full fucking snowboard rack. It's infected, okay? It's fucking infected. <laughs> yeah, you can see, in Colorado, you can see this especially. It's like, people come from Ohio, they come from Indiana, they move from Michigan, they move from Mississippi. And they're like, the outdoors, oh my God, nature, yeah, oh my God. And, and you see you see the infection growing on them, they're like, oh shit, they got an Xterra, oh shit, they got a Jeep Wrangler, <laughs> oh shit, it's got a snowboard rack, oh shit, do they don't kayak? Why, the garage is full of two kayaks yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And you just, just metastasizes, yeah. they're like, oh, golden retriever, bandana, yep. you know, oh, second golden retriever, yep. second bandana, yeah. <laughs> oh, bigger, oh, they bought a kid from overseas. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, you can I mean, watch it in real time. You can. It's it's fucking terrifying. So again, CDC, and, get and, on it. Yeah, and even Portland, it's like Portland's weird. Yeah, that they just sell weird stuff, but they're still selling stuff. Oh, okay, so it's made by some artist that has a trust fund. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just perpetuating the cycle. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's just more consumerism. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this earlier. And I feel like the epicenter of this disease at the present moment, early 2019, it's going to sound weird if you've never been there, but trust us, it's fucking Charlotte, North oh, Carolina. Oh, fuck Charlotte, man. 
Charlotte, North Carolina has, it's one of the fastest growing cities. It's, it's one of the biggest cities in America. It's, you know, maybe 15th largest city. It's South almost, Ohio. Yeah. Almost got a million people in the city proper. Right. Yeah. Um, not quite that, but, but it's headed that way. And so it's a very large city. It's had a huge influx of, you know, the younger age cohort millennials and Casey, what the fuck is going on in Charlotte? Why is it the epicenter of this? I know this is a total aside, but this the fucking gets me. Yeah. Why is, why is it the epicenter of this disease? So Charlotte is an interesting beast because it's kind of, you know, it, it, it was a banking city, uh, but nobody cared about it. So it was like a shitty banking city. And it is now a banking city that is trying to be cool. Yeah. But they're still wearing the suits and the khakis and the khakis and and, the vest. and they still all have the same haircut and the same smile and the same smile. And they all want the same house on the same street with the same car. It, it is. And they go to the same church. I mean, even the you know, it's like there, there's there's there's, you know, clans for each of the churches. That's part of the corporate um, you know, messaging and, and it's fucking insane. Yeah. There. Church branding. Church branding is a thing. Yeah. I mean, got it's the coolest insane. car sticker. Yeah. So, so all of the young people in Charlotte, like again, CDC, Atlanta, it's a four you, hour drive to Charlotte. Yeah. Go and, there and just watch. And, sh- and this is, this is why it's a, Charlotte's such a good example. Cause a part of the disease also is you start to see people all looking the same, uh-huh. you know, cause they start, you know, they're listening to the same ads or reading the same ads and you know, they're wearing the same clothes that are in the ads and they have the hair the same way and all that. And that's Charlotte in a nutshell. I mean, the women all have the same haircuts and they're wearing the same clothes and the dudes, I mean, they're, they're just a bunch of people that look the same. Mm-hmm. And, and, and most of them realize it and they think that's awesome. Yeah. They're like, I'm fitting in. Yeah. I'm fitting in. It's fucking, honey, we're fitting in. Yeah. Isn't this fucking great that yeah. we're fitting in? Yeah. We found our tribe. Yeah. Indeed they you don't have. look down on the McMansion there. No. They're like, like at awesome. All. We are at doing all. it. We're yeah. doing it right. We're doing it right. Yeah, yeah. All of us. We did it together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. That's where we need to study this, the current permutation of this disease. Yeah. So let's talk about the history of the American dream disease. Cool. And I think that this is important too, because as we imagine any sort of way to get out of it, we're not prone to the big projects here. Although we've got some stuff up our sleeves in the next year that we, we do want to start to talk about in yeah. more detail. However, I'm, I'm interested in studying the, the history of this disease and, and talking about it with you, the listener, the carbon sinkholer, because it's important for us to know that this has, this was orchestrated by, thousands millions of small decisions but it's it's been sprung upon us right and it's 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 important to know that well these are just the choices that people make you guys are are just being harsh or anybody that's a critic of capitalism or the american dream is just saying well i don't i'm just saying that i don't like choices that people have made right and i would like to say that for centuries these are not choices no. that the society has been engineered in a way right to create these sorts of outcomes right right yep. and so uh, now I'm, I'm i'd like to stop short of saying who's been doing the engineering other than i'd like to say the wealthy folks at any one time yeah. and then per- yeah. perpetuating this for their fail kids and re- religion which is yeah. also the wealth- wealthy folks yeah so but you know i'm not gonna we're not i'm not gonna point fingers at you know like it's been it's six it's the Rothschilds you know in the mountains or what I'm not not fucking doing yeah but the Pope is a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) the one question is how far back does the American dream go 
in tracing the history or the epidemiology of the American dream, trying to get back to patient zero, Casey, I think we got to go back about 500 years. In the current era, we like to say that the American dream is a product largely of the baby boom, the post-World War II boom, the uh, GIs coming home, going to college, building houses, advertising, vacuums, you know, all that kinds of shit. You know, you could buy a house in the fucking mail or whatever. So, but I actually think the, I think patient zero of of the American dream, I think we got to go to Portugal or we got to go to Spain and we we have to look at kings and queens, mm. you know, sending their boys across the ocean blue okay. to go look for bounty, right? right? So, you know, I, I don't think it's the explosion of advertising in the early part of the 20th century that is the cause for the American dream, although that played a fact. But in any case, I think... I mean, a it, castle is a giant advertisement. For how many chickens you have inside, yeah. right? And how many oxen you control. Mm. So in any case... I think that we have been over-consuming, obviously, since the Americas were colonized. That was sort of the point, okay. right? To go bring me back beaver pelts or gold mm, or yeah. timber or whatever That's the a fuck good they point. had there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that history, if... You know, I think it was the French that killed all the fucking beavers. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I've got it out for the French. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck the French. So you know, le- you know, late 15th century to earliest 20th century, but then in the, in the 19th century, in 1845, you have the coining of the phrase "manifest destiny," the holding that the USA was destined by God, by divine dominion, to expand and spread democ- democracy for white landowners and capitalism for slave owners across North America. So Manifest Destiny, 1845, I feel like where this concept was drawn out from just the nomadic frontiersmen, right, just the right, resource extraction, right. that's when it turned into consumerism, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. 1845 is like, well, no, we should have it all. Right. Right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, when we started pillaging the Americas. It's like, look at all this shit. In 1845, it's like, no motherfuckers, this is what we do. Right. And we are going to start at one coast and go to the other. And we're going to take everything. Every beaver. Every beaver, every fish, every, stream. every bear, every fucking thing that we can fucking find. So think about that. I would, I would, I, I, if you'd like to make an argument, counter carbon sinkle at protonmail.com. Yeah. But when you look at the idea of manifest destiny, it says that God's telling us to have it all, yeah. to take it fucking all. Yeah. So then, you know, land. It was, I, I think it was a test. I think we weren't supposed to take it. <laughs> that was the apple. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the nightmare. I did not say that. <laughs> so land abundance, progress. Uh, and then in, in 1862, so less than 20 years later, you get the Homestead Act, which says 160 acres and five years of continuous residence for anybody that wants to move out west. So then, so that that spreads everyone across the continent, right? Right. Um, And then you got the 1880s. Although if you read like Willa Cather novels, which which are um, largely those pioneers um, who who were in the Midwest and had to live just awful lives because they were mostly Eastern Europeans and they were, you know, considered trash. Uh, There wasn't so much consumerism, but there was very much entrenched class. And so, you know, the poor people lived on the land and died often because the land didn't produce. But, you know, there were still these little city centers where trains were popping up and that those people were kind of in control of of the things. And then those 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 people on the, the pioneer then was like, oh, but they got really pretty fabric. Uh-huh. Look at that fabric. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm covered in dirt head to toe 24 seven. Look at that fabric. It's like 
silky yeah and, and clean and you know so this this want to get out of something that was probably pretty fucking terrible yeah i mean i can't imagine living in nebraska with no heat and just fucking dust and dirt and fucking ugly and terrible hard work and just death and disease and yeah you know what a dress would be kind of sweet <laughs> You know, I'm fucking tired. I'm dirty. I'm I fucking had the flu for six months. I almost died three times last year. I just want to get in a dress and fucking drink some tea. You know, I get I get it. You know, but but I mean, that's that that's really kind of, you know, the start. Yeah. And that's where you also see the emergence of catalogs. Yeah, yeah, right? totally, and a, and totally, a, and 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 fucking and just just literature in general, journal, which you know they started with a lot of. Um, uh, I can't remember what they called it, but uh, it was like voyeurism. So it was yeah. it was big to read about these people who lived on the fringes in America because oh my God, they're so dirty. Those Ooh. Eastern people living on the pioneers and weren't they scared of all the things that could happen? And you know it was Ooh. it was kind of weird, you know. And then and you know so it it. I mean, it was, it, but the literature was very much fed to people to, to want things that weren't that because, you know, it wasn't, you didn't want to be those dirty people. You didn't want to be the people that were working in the cornfields. You wanted to be the people that lived in New York City and that were, uh-huh. had these really cool hats and they, they listened to the opera and they, they had the little, little magnifying glasses so they could see the opera singer. And then they, they would go to dinner and have top hats and fucking bullshit, you know? Yeah. And that's interesting. Like imagine you're, you don't even live in Nebraska. Let's say if you live somewhere sweet with lots of beavers that you didn't kill you're drinking tea with them you got your cool log home right. you're sitting by the stream you know like you're thinking this is great mm-hmm. at what point as a society are you like yeah i don't know i need shoes that are shiny yeah yeah and um you know i'm, I'm willing to kill these fucking beavers sitting right here well, just so i can get them but what it was though is that it was it was trying to you know people wanted to be in a different place they wanted a different life and maybe this next thing that I buy or this next thing that I kill um, or this next thing that I pillage will be the, the key to that, that new, better place, new, better life. So it's like we got so good at fending for ourselves. And clearly, like, you can just, you know, population explosion. Right. Like, you, like, well, yeah. like as much as it sucked, like you said, living in Nebraska, um, we made a fuck ton of humans. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you had to have 14 so kids because bad. only seven would survive. Yeah, but then you still you had needed, seven kids. Right, and they needed to work the farm. And the and land then they was... had 14, each had 14 kids. I mean, it was just, think about, think about the graphs you see on cats. Yeah. <laughs> Trap, neuter, and release, right? TNR, you you don't fix one of those cats. You got a population explosion. Oh yeah, and we breed just like them. It's, it, I mean, we can fucking squeeze out those kids if we want to. Right. I got neutered. You got neutered. You got spayed. We've all been trapped, right? Oh yeah, I was trapped. I was bottle fed. What's a trap? Shut up, Omar! You're out of your element! I wasn't physically trapped, but I've definitely walked into a few psychological traps. There was a, oh, look at that cute cat. Come here, cute cat. We'll love you and feed you and make sure you're always happy. I haven't seen a happy day since I moved in with you fucking losers. Well, we were tearing on even if we didn't realize it. They trapped us. They neutered us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they trapped us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much yeah. trapping. Yeah, I trapped. But they haven't fucking offered... Any reparations? Today, we march. Tomorrow, we take control. What happens after tomorrow? God damn it, Omar! Focus! I made some signs. I got a carton of cigarettes, and I brought some hard yogurt. I think we're ready. I've told the others. 
Only black and whites, right, guys? Mom colorblind. God damn it! There's a bunch of street cats outside. I don't think we should go out there. We might catch something. They look mostly black and white. The whites are a little dirty, though. Oh, yeah, that's them outside. I see them. They've definitely been through the TNR program. They got the, the fucking cut ears. They're scarred for life. Testicles, ovaries removed, who knows what else. None of those dudes have had reparations. I promise you, they look fucking pissed and sick. Good. They'll be pissed. And maybe a few will be rabid, too. We're vaccinated for that. Right, guys? Okay, guys. Trixie's going to pass out signs. And yogurt. What we need to do is yell. Ready? TNR went too far. TNR went too far. Trap neuter reparation. Trap neuter reparation. Trap neuter reparation. Trap neuter reparation. No more mousing. No more burring. No more mousing. No more burring. I don't think I was ever mousing. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, you're not very good at mousing. Hey, you. Hey, you. God damn it, you can't just lay there and watch us. You gotta join our match. I shan't. A scab! Oh, darling, I'm not a scab. You're worse. You're a tabby. Down, Down with tabbies. They are shabby. Down with tabbies. They are shabby. I like them. Down with tabbies. really pretty, I don't know. I think she's like I should go down. I'd definitely sniff under her tail. You silly overdressed fools. I've got nothing to protest. Wait, you're not fixed? Oh, darling, I chose domesticity. I raised a few litters of kittens, and I realized I wanted more out of life. I wasn't trapped. I walked right into the vet. And once I had my bits out, I walked out. You're fucking kidding me! Dear Blanket, you know I wouldn't kid about that. You won't get anywhere with your silly uproar. We've got nearly 50 cats. They won't ignore us, you spotted freak. I do love it when you flirt with me, darling. I'm not a fucking flirt. This will go nowhere, Blanket. As an insider, I can promise, no matter how loud you scream, no matter how many tuxedos you may gather, they'll offer you an easy and cheap distraction. And all these protesters would drop those signs and run straight back to the trappers. No, they won't. We all deserve reparations. Deserves got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Hell no, we won't purr. Hell no, we won't purr. What the fuck? Are you guys serious? Old man, I think your human mommy's calling. Blanket, blanket. She is? Ma'am? So, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Willa Cather. I feel like she was the first gonzo journalist, and even though she wrote literature, like you oh, said. Oh, no, she, she but was, she, 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 she wrote about, about literature and about, um, you like know, you a lot s- of society things. So. Yeah, like you said, and, and there was that voyeuristic, almost like the first reality show kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, again, I said 1862 Homestead Act. Then you get the 1880s, which is av- where advertising really takes off. I thought this stat was crazy. But uh, in the 1880s, there was the invention, or at least the coinage again, of the term sublimation, uh, which is, you know, showing people shit in order to create a desire to purchase stuff. Right. Right. 
And so sublimation, 1880s, this stat I thought was insane. So in the, in the 40 years between 1880 and 1920, the advertising industry in America grew by 120%. Wow. Okay. So, wow. You, so you go from in 1880, we're talking about advertising, uh, uh, we're talking about advertising a, a quarter in today's dollars, let's say a quarter per person. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, 40 years later, we were advertising $30 per person per year. Wow. So there was a 120% increase in the people vying for our attention to buy shit. Well, and I, you, you um, defining sublimation is really interesting because every time I think of what advertising does, I can't believe it's legal. No shit. I mean, we're like, yeah, you can manipulate people to buy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally cool. We can just, you know, it's up to the people to be smart enough to know better. Yet we're actually using deep psychological you know, you know, knowledge that we can still trick the smartest person into wanting a chocolate cake or a fucking <laughs> new watch or a fucking vacation or a fucking, you know, you name it, you name it, a bigger yeah. house, a shinier house, a new paint, new paint job, new shoes, you know, and, and that's legal. Like, imagine if we just did that. We said, you know what? No more advertising. Advertising is illegal. Mm-hmm. What would happen? The world would instantly be chaos and then beautiful Mm -hmm. well i'd hope but i don't know i mean people suck so who knows (laughs) (laughs) we could find another way to fuck it up but but honestly i mean most people don't think they want something until somebody something tells them that they do yeah like you don't know you want a jet ski you don't like you're not born with this i need a jet ski you know, you see somebody or you see an ad or, you, you know, you, most people aren't like, you know, well, I wasn't really into jet skis until a friend of mine had one. And I went like, you know, you see it somewhere and you're like, I want a jet ski or I want a fucking whatever the fuck stupid goddamn thing that you need, you know. And that's the thing is want is the word and need is usually the word they use instead. I need a jet ski. I mean, I bet there's three people in the world that have needed jet skis. Like that would come in really handy. Yeah, like where I live, it just it would be really convenient for me. Alligator channels. I got a buddy. I can't keep up with right, them. Right, right. Boat's too big. Right, right. But I just I I I find it truly amazing that that we allow corporations that are and 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 I mean this includes healthcare, <laughs> you know, that are are advertising to us in a way that can trick our own psyche. And to doing something we know is wrong. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. And I got to tell you, I've always had an issue with ads. Like, I, I can't look at I feel I have always felt violated. Violated. I mean, mm-hmm. straight up, like, I'm being violated right now. Because I could feel, like, even when I was a kid, I was like, I see this, and I know I don't want this, but something inside me feels weird. and I don't fucking like it. So I'm not watching those commercials. I'm not doing it. Although I did, I, I have to say, it was exciting when the Booberry commercial would come on because, you know, Booberry was a very rare cereal. It only popped up once in a while in the year. And so if I saw that ad, it was like, oh, man, I got to get to the store and get some Booberry. You're like, that was a public service announcement. Yeah, it, it, totally, it totally was. It totally was. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Casey, that you to, to look at ads as a kid, it, like you have to be taught that that's deserving of your time. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know if I agree with you because I, I mean, I remember girls, uh, and I say girls cause it was only really girls. I was, actually, that's not true. There was a few, few boys that, I mean, they loved the ads cause then they could see what they might want. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you, know? you, you learned that, right? Yeah, and I, I just knew what I wanted. You know, I want a shitload of animals, and I want an underground bunker just in case. Think about at that. nine. Like, what the fuck kind of girl are you? I'm, I'm practical. Yeah, <laughs> that was some, that was growing <laughs> up in the Reagan era, right there. Underground bunker, please. <laughs> that's a that's a good point, Casey. Like, think about the evolution just of the species into like just going about my day, just like living by the stream it's pretty good right to being like if i only had some sort of written literature in my hand that could show me what i should do with all this free time i have exactly exactly yeah if, like i just i'm not sure what to do here can, right. can someone tell me what to do right and you know what someone has told us what to do exactly exactly someone has put that in our hands yeah that didn't exist in nature no and why do we fucking have that right so, so that's advertising takes off, uh, late 1800s, you know, early 1900s in 1925, there was what I think is the first major public health diagnosis of the American dream. Mm. F Scott Fitzgerald's the great Gatsby, of course, mm. who I would say many people can say that was pretty on the nose yeah. in, in diagnosing the problem. Of course, yeah. you know, the, the allegory right. of, of, you know, having to fake it till you make it right. and, you know, dying at all costs yep. to try to win the affection of something that is across the river and for will ever only be an illusion. Exactly. Right. The great Gatsby. Yeah. You know, what do you think the message of the great Gatsby is? I have, I have a hard time with the great Gatsby. I'll be honest with you because in some ways it feels a little too celebratory uh, because it almost, it's too, it's too subtle. It's too subtle. Yeah. It's because like people read two thirds of the book and they're like throwing yes. parties. That's fucking sweet. Yes. And, and I do think there is that problem, you know, interpretation is important. Right. And if you are already wearing the goggles, you don't see it even in the great Gatsby. I mean, I, I it, it's amazing to me how many people that have read that and they're like, well, I, you know, I mean, it was a love story. Oh, it's a, like, it's a, wait, no, it wasn't a love. I mean, there was love involved, but it wasn't a love story. This was a psychological thriller. <laughs> I mean, it really was, you know, but but it was written in a way that and maybe it was on purpose. I don't think the guy was a very good writer, honestly. So I don't think he's worthy of praise in any way, shape or form, even though people do whatever. But I do think it was a bit of a celebration of wealth. Yeah, it was just a kind of like a shrug at it. Like, we'll see. I mean, if you're good, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you're good at it it doesn't you know you know what i mean it's like you it's like you got to buy in all the way or or you lose you know and i i and i just it was it also you just felt very anti-woman i don't know i just well, i didn't like the movie i didn't like the book or the movie that's pretty much the theme in our media critiques i can i can i already have it checked off it's <laughs> anti-woman right okay what yeah. else did you think of the directing <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah well and you see people today they have gatsby parties they have roaring 20s exactly. era parties and it's like yeah exactly how'd that go yeah so and, huh? that, and that's the thing that i think is lost on it that that even all the wealth in the world didn't make somebody happy but that's not what people see why did he try to have a woman he could have just been fucking fucking any chick man you know it, it, it just i don't think people see it because they're too sick they're too sick yeah. well that's what i'm saying like even today people watch these mafia yeah. shows and and they they're like and then they put the Scarface poster up because they're like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not awesome. Yeah. Like he had all that shit yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it's it's never worth it. Right. <laughs> like it's, Right. 
it's not shown to be worth it. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, not at, not at all. Yeah, and uh, and but but you're right. It's like well, even the media is like too subtle, subtle that people are so infected that like even when it's like, hey, look, the, I'm going to show you a picture of what you're doing and then I'm gonna circle this thing and it's gonna show that it's not. You're like, wow, it's a pretty picture. Yeah, well, and I, I also think there's there's something, especially uh, regarding literature, is is back when The Great Gatsby was first written, maybe it was is it was less subtle. Maybe it was very obvious to people. But today, literature is a consumable. For sure. It's not art, it's not retaliation, it's not, it's not, you know, a raised hand. It's not a, you know, a fucking suicide bomb. It's not trying to get anybody's attention except for the publishers. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, except for the bestsellers list, except for the critics. Uh, it's, it's no longer making a statement. I, it, I'm not saying none, um, but anything that the average person has access to is not right. that. And so, you know, they read the great Gatsby in high school or they read it in college they're not reading it from the perspective of this is trying to say something. I mean, the teachers probably tell them that, but they don't, I mean, it, it's just our culture no longer understands the great Gatsby, I think is what I'm saying. That's true. And you know, we're in theory, in theory, more educated than right, we've ever happened. Right, right, right. It's dumb, man. It's dumb. So then five years after the great Gatsby, we get into the 1930s and this is where we have the Dust Bowl in addition to the Great Depression, which is our first widespread man-made ecological disaster right. experience. Of wrath. Again, we brought that up uh, two episodes. Ago. I know because it feels like we're headed for that potential again. Yeah. Only I don't think it's going to be the Okies again. I think it's going to be the, the, the California bros. Yeah. The bros. Yeah. Oh man. Hey man. Can yeah. he work man? Well, yeah. And, and, and case in point, marijuana, a fucking weed. It is infecting everybody. I'm all about legal weed, but legal weed has turned a very dark corner. It's stealing all the water. It's, yeah, it's, legal weed. It's fucking polluting rivers. It's polluting the ocean. I mean, it's, it's deforestation is increasing. I mean, it's <laughs> fucked up. It is right. And these people who at one time were like, "Man, I just want a grill room," you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, let's cut down this whole forest. I'm gonna fucking grow shit and be rich." Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! You, you know, how about those ethos? Yeah, it's nothing's compatible with capitalism, is what I'm saying. So then 1972, you get the Club of Rome publishing their seminal book, The Limits to Growth, mm. which again, first wide scale saying, hey, manifest destiny. Hey, just going from C to C, just pillaging. Uh, we, we found the end. Yeah. We, we can see the horizon now. We can now. see it. Yeah. Like we, we thought it was our right. We thought it was our divine right. We thought we were ordered to do it forever. Right. So 1972 is the first time the culture's like, hold on. Like we, we built this computer and this was the first question that we ran through. Right. It was like how, oh, it's finite. Right. Yeah. Night, natural resources, finite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Period. 1972 and... Then, you know, a year later, you get the, the oil crisis right. here in America. Yep. And, you know, okay, are we, like, here's a here's a system shock. Yeah. For example, of, of the amount of finite resources and finite happiness on the planet. Yeah. Here's a system shock. Right. Right? 1973. Then in the 80s, you know, uh, we get into the They Live era, which we did yep. almost a whole episode on. Yeah. And, um, you know, the New York Times article from last year called Losing Earth, the Decade We Almost Stopped Climate Change, which is where 
now we had the science to back it up by the end of the 80s right. that this american dream thing it's not gonna work yeah but the music changed and everybody felt like everybody got each other which is why 40 years later the dream is supposedly dead yeah. and the end in sight and yet the behavior hasn't changed yeah. Yeah, Even we're still we're still putting laying sod down. <laughs> you know, we're still looking for that green lawn. We're still looking for a fence of some sort. We're still looking for that house that that expected house that's bigger and, you know, quainter and, and architectural. Architectural, yeah, whatever. You know, and, and then maybe we can put a tiny home in the backyard for our friends that come and We could and rent stay. it out we on Airbnb. We'll take out. these cute pictures oh, that people would God. want to put on Pinterest. It'll be amazing. My colleagues will see it. They'll think yeah. I'm very successful. Yep. And then maybe on LinkedIn somebody will see the picture and yeah. I'll get a new offer and a different job. Like fuck off, man. All of it. So the American dream has been diagnosed as being fatal to us individuals and to the planet, to the, to all the species on the planet, to all populations for at least 40 years. Yep. We've been talking about it being dead for at least 40 years, knowing the history of it, knowing the, the, the exact cause of outbreak, pinpointing its locations and its transmission for 40 years. We've been talking about yeah. a cure. And this virus has franchises all over the fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> and if you buy something from a franchise, you might be infected. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So even if that franchise is now offering vegan marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Beware. So when people get all hopeful and they think, I'm optimistic, ask them, why has the American dream been left for dead for 40 years and yet it still persists? Why does that make you optimistic? Do you know anybody that's optimistic? I mean, truly? I know people that have convinced themselves there's optimistic. I am so convinced that everyone is so depressed about this and whether or not you engage with the topic just has to do with your intestinal fortitude. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, you've said jokes like that before, which yeah. is like, people are just like, no, I don't believe in it. I just don't want to, I don't want to y- think about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I don't think there's climate deniers. I think there's, I can't deal with shit. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> this is probably the, the most common one I get where it's sort of like, uh, you know, you know, people, people know what JP's up to and, and then you know, I'm sort of like, yeah, it makes sense, right? And they're like, well, I don't know. I mean, infant mortality rate is down across the world, not in the U.S. <laughs> right, not in the U.S. And I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's cherry picking. And they're like, well, I mean, you know, think, like, think about the internet, you know, <laughs> and like uh, and air travel. And you're like, I, I don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and those are the people that are infected so bad. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, they're. I mean, there's like, nothing. They are so. Their 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 DNA is actually changed. And you talk to people like we have met a bunch of people that that like either they they care deeply about animals or they care deeply about Mother Earth or they're sort of enlightened that way. And like they can't even talk about it. Right. They're no, like I yeah. get really depressed. I get too like, depressed. I don't just, like to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but okay, okay, but you. People. have eyeballs right so how do you avoid seeing things that are obviously part of the pro- like it's yeah they're it's like a, they're like i circled this really small part that i'm focused on i really can't yeah do the big i wear picture. i wear blinders i wear blinders yeah, i just, just i can't like, do yeah, it i can't do yeah. it yeah and it, it's it sucks because 
you know, like in some ways, like I wish I could do that. I don't, I don't actually know how to do that. So it, it yeah. has to be a personality thing or something because I, I have to look at it and point at it and be like, fucking a everybody let's fucking spell this shit out. Right. Yeah. These in, in this like shithole liquor store in Florida, we saw <laughs> two dudes last night Yeah. that they, they fucking got it. Man. We should probably explain why we're in a liquor store. We don't drink really, but for pain a doctor told us to a fucking doctor we were like we do weed and he was like that has great analgesic properties but it doesn't have the blah anti-inflammatory that's it yeah Yeah. so he's like you want to get um fuck muscad muscadine wine yeah so apparently it's redneck wine and uh and so we went to a liquor store first time like we know where to go yeah uh and uh so it's yeah we're in we're in just a fucking roll shit bag fucking florida right you know like you know people are eating gators like for real like at the restaurant across the street and and we walk in there and you know super helpful like best customer service i've ever had like this you know youngish 20s kid or whatever and uh and uh we're leaving and you know, he, he touches the plastic bag and, you know, it, I, we don't need, we don't need a bag. Uh, but I was, I wasn't sure if it was like a law. Cause sometimes, you know, like in North Carolina, there was probably a law. You had to have liquor in a bag. Cause God forbid somebody sees it. And then, you know, Satan pisses on them or something weird. And he was like, he started citing the, 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 the plastic Island. Yeah. Oh, you don't want a bag? Yeah, that's because there's a plastic island that's the size of three Frances in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, we we probably shouldn't have these and, bags. And then this huh? round dude next to him is like, "Oh, I thought it was only as big as something, something." And like, yeah. and and then we're you know we're they all gonna had, die. Had, yeah, we're all gonna die. They had a serious discussion. <laughs> it was like, N- is it one Texas or is it three Frances or is it two Georges and part? Yeah. You know, so like they were the but, but engaged because yeah. they were like, it's probably important that we agree on the right. size of it. Is right. it bigger than? Oh, it's right. bigger. Right. And than then I shit. say, if we can't even outlaw plastic bags we're fucked and they're like yeah we're all gonna die yeah in our lifetime it's gonna kill us yeah and just you guys and just like matter of fact yeah just like you know yeah that like that's that's you know that 80 percent of uh of uh insects are gone yeah he said that we're like this this guy has no reason to know that he knows it and then i say you should (laughs) Have you ever heard of this podcast, Maxim Carbazinkol? He's like, I can't, I can't deal with yeah, it. It's, it's too depressing. I no, just I try to stay away from, I don't know. read that stuff. I don't, I, I already know. I can see it. And and then you know what both of them said? What? That they're growing gardens. Yeah. They said they were growing gardens. One guy's like, yeah, just put it in a greenhouse. My wife and I. Yeah. Just the normal fucking people at, they, and so we walked back out to our eight cylinder vehicle and- <laughs> I, I i i think i screamed into the night like everybody sees it yeah everybody sees it right i was opening the bottle of wine already because she was like this is what some people do that, this was doctor prescribed yeah it was like yeah you you've opened your eyes way too far man <laughs> yeah every everybody sees it so speaking of gardening casey yeah what's the plan of the week oh boy the plant of the week i'm gonna i'm gonna do the plan of the week as a plant that i actually have a question for listeners i would love some help i'm growing loofah it's a gourd that is a sponge and uh so i was really excited we use these plastic poofs and we know that that's evil and so we don't in the shower and so I was like, well, I don't want to get sponges because they're taking those from the ocean. Turns out you can grow them. I had no, no idea. Did you know that we got these seeds for free in this like big grab bag? Yeah. And I was like, 
Wait, you I, can I, grow a sponge? I thought a loofah was, yeah, yeah. coral or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just assumed, cause as a screwdriver, I'm like, oh, maybe a little loofah is a cold water sponge but, but or But then something. it was like, what else can we grow yeah. that we're making out of plastic? Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, I planted them. And apparently in Florida, they don't do well. I can tell you they do. I've got probably two dozen pretty big loofahs. But they aren't, like, they aren't dying like from what i've read and i've read a bunch of different spots you're supposed to pick them once they turn brown or at least they become hollow and you can tell these are just remaining heavy and green and happy as fuck the vine died and is now regrowing and all the fruit is still just like yeah we're fucking good and if you pick it it doesn't ripen it has so the sponge isn't there yet it's still like in the edible form which i did want to try to eat it because i heard it was pretty good but anyway so that i think it's an amazing thing that you can grow a sponge and everybody should be growing their sponges so if somebody's like well i just can't give up my sponge you can grow and shut the fuck up and you can grow the shit out of them because they fucking grow but I don't know how to make them turn into sponges and I can't find anything online. So please somebody help me on how to make my loofahs be loofahs. Maximum carbon sinkhole. Need your help listeners. Need your help. This is an emergency plant situation. Carbon sinkhole at protonmail.com. If you've got any ideas, Casey and I could use some help with the loofahs. Please help. All right, Casey, do we have any feedback loops to get to? Yes, we do. We have a few. The first one is an excerpt from a longer email. I'm glad you guys mentioned tiny homes in episode 13 and 14, as well as the chemical plants in the South. I recently drove through Louisiana and Texas. There are chemical plants everywhere, fucking everywhere in Louisiana. I looked up tiny home communities, and there's one here in Denver, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. It was designed to provide housing for homeless people in Denver. A good thing for the homeless, but is the idea of the tiny house being misappropriated here? It is just a way to make the rich more comfortable in the city, put these people in a place away from the city where they don't have to be seen on street corners or sleeping on the vents in the streets. Wow. I was a little disappointed that Colorado didn't have a more thriving community of minimalist and environmentally minded individuals. That was SR from Colorado. She also provided some great ideas for some upcoming topics and discussions. I'd say we agree entirely with SR about Colorado and how uh, they like to show that they're environmentally friendly and kind and progressive, but they aren't. Yeah, that's very, and you can see that there too, like in many other places with just the income inequality. Yeah, it's in most quote unquote progressive areas. It's, it's mostly a, a charade, honestly. It's a good uh it's a good way to attract talent, right? <laughs> we we've got bike lanes. Yeah, we've got bike lanes. Yeah. And we've hidden all the homeless people. Number 2. I'm only on episode 2 and I didn't do the homework for number 1, but thank you for your podcast, Bobby. I've been going back and forth with Bobby who has gotten further than episode 2 and did do the homework from number 1. What was the homework from episode number 1? Um homework from 1 was how did the media fail you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Or I think we asked like what specific media outlet. So she did end up responding to, she did do the homework. Yeah. And this is not a media critique show, but 
we are constantly crowing about how we need to tell a new story. Exactly. And the media is telling this fucked up old story. Like, no, can keep buying shit. Yeah, they're it's, feeding us bullshit. Yeah, keep, yeah, you should be worried about the interest rates. That's exactly. the biggest problem it, yeah, right exactly. now. Yeah, exactly. She wrote, regarding that homework about the media, I think all media that reports the GDP without critically reporting that we can't just grow indefinitely are failing us. We need a new metric and GDP and home building and all that BS need to be dismantled somehow. And so she also offered some great insight and also ideas for upcoming topics and discussions. That is an awesome point, Bobby. Yeah. Uh, for two decades, I've wondered, I'm like, why does every news show end with what happened on the Dow Jones? Yeah, I know. I'm like, how is that useful information? Because people that need to know, they already fucking know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, why is that planted there? On your local TV news station. It's like, and the Dow Jones is down three points. Like, how is the, who's that useful for? Right. Well, and it almost makes you, makes people like, does do pe some people are, they're like, well, I have a 401k, so it's important. No, it's not. You still no. don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, no. fuck you, dude. Yeah. So. Yeah. GDP. And the question is, what, what, what would we replace that with? Number of butterflies counted in oh, the door yeah, yard? That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So third one, I have accepted your death rank entirely. And will use your podcast as my sole reference when arguing arguing with people that there is no state or country that will be safe from the future we've created. <laughs> I appreciate that. We did say that we were the final authority. That's right. Can you please talk more about how there is no good movement within capitalism? Veganism, marijuana, state, federal parks, forests, tiny homes, recycling. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I think we may have even touched on a few of those in this episode, though. I don't remember. I'm a little stoned. SR, Bobby, Rachel, bringing the heat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, number four, is Mike R okay, TP? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that was Mike R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't heard from Mike in a little yeah, bit. no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Mike, are you creating aliases? I think he is. I think he is. And then number five, thanks for a podcast that mostly avoids pop culture. One of the many things that keep people dumb, RR. RR. Well, Railroad. I was about to make a pop culture reference. Were I, you? Yeah. What can you tell me? I was going to say this is probably George R.R. R. Martin writing in. Oh. Because he's. Yeah. But I will fail to make that obvious joke because that's lowbrow. That is lowbrow. And we are lower than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We see what's going on out there and we say subterranean the shit. Yeah, exactly. Dig underground. I think. <laughs> Well, the worms are our gods. That's true. We've established And they're underground. That. So, praise be. Praise the worms. Hey, that's some really good listener feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing is that you and I both have had some really good conversations with people that are emailing in. So, you know, we don't read everything because a lot of people write stuff that, you know, they don't want their work to find out that they actually fucking hate their job or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you can write us in and, and, you know, with screenshots of your boss's bald patch and say i want to drop out from this asshole <laughs> and that's fine uh we won't read it on air on on cast we won't on the describe cast. the the male pattern baldness so that your boss finds out it was actually him but we are here in solidarity with you and if you want to write us in and tell us that we'll be like hey man go for a walk yeah you know yeah, come back exactly. and let's talk about it yeah. Uh, so yeah we're getting a kick out of all your messages. And and honestly, everybody's bringing some really good ideas for us to talk about. So, And also, I know not many people want to put a microphone in front of their face, which is fine. But still, that is always open. So email us. Yeah, another funny thing I 
feel like I remember from episode one is I think I said something to the effect of like, oh, we're not arrogant enough to say that we're going to start a community. I think there's a reticence to be the people that are like, you know, we're going after the one big problem solving or like we're doing the one big project. However, like we are enjoying and we hope to foster more of a community, even if it's just people being like, yeah, it's fucked. And I didn't, everyone else seems to not think so. Right. Well, I guess the difference is it's not a Ponzi scheme, but we're not above a Ponzi scheme. No, we're not. <laughs> and if you've got some ideas for a Ponzi scheme, write us in carbon sinkle at protonmail.com because there are a lot of suckers out there. There really are. There really are. We're not one of them. And neither are you listeners, but we know people. Yeah. There's some marks out there. Yeah. We've marked them. We've marked them. They're people with John Deere riding tractors and Roundup in their garage Mm, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Like they got taken for the John Deere tractor and the 50 gallon drum of Roundup. Right. Right. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. Again, write us carbonsequel at protonmail.com if you have stories of dropping out, if you just want to commiserate and or... If you want to get involved in some clandestine black ops activities, yep, yep, write us at the sinkhole. So for the next week, you cannot purchase anything that has plastic in it. And that means packaging. Anything that has any plastic in it. A week. If you can go a month, fucking write us and tell us how. But nothing for a week. And think about it, you know, you could, you can still buy stuff. We're not even saying don't buy stuff. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, nice work, jackass. It's like, of course I can go buy some fruit. I'm like, nah, you, like if you tried hard, you could probably buy a bicycle that doesn't have any plastic in it. Oh, could you? I don't yeah. know. Oh yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. Old one? No, old one maybe. Or yeah, one that's made out of metal or a high-end okay. bike or something. Okay, okay. So you could, you could buy a whole bicycle, right? Yeah. You know? You could buy a house that, for some reason, didn't have plastic in it. Wow, I would love to know an earth earth home. Yeah, you could buy an earth home yeah. that didn't. So, like, you know, so just, but y- just think about no plastic. But think, here's here's the one thing that's allowed is prescriptions. Obviously, if you need your prescription, it's going to come in a plastic bottle, unless you can ask them not to. But plastic packaging is also yeah. off limits. All right, so we're so gonna re- even if you you can't buy a box of uh, cereal. So we're going to report back next week on yeah. our don't buy plastic yeah. for the next week experiment yeah try it how long have you been doing it have you been doing it for years already carbon yeah. at protonmail.com as always we still want to hear your stories of dropping out yep and we have a website now oh yeah We're building it's, not, a website. it's in it's in it's in the works it's, it's nascent not. it's up <laughs> maximum and uh, we are still not on social media we will never be on social no. media but uh media. you know people are you know typing it into the old uh, google machine and we want them to have a home to land on yep and we plan some fun stuff on yeah maximum com, like visual art and more stories yeah and even a bit of literature yep casey any final thoughts on the pathogen of the american dream disease just stay safe out there people yeah look for it Look for the bleeding and in your loved I, you ones, know, and anuses, I, I do think we and other orifices. <laughs> yeah, I do think we need um, to come up with a twelve-step program. Yeah, and it's not well if we just vote the right people in. Well, no. if we just get corporate money out of politics, mm. that's not gonna do it. Nope. Do that anyway, though. Yeah, do that anyway, but that's not gonna do it. So let's have a bigger conversation. Let's set our sight 
on the right goals and not get bogged down in the minutia that does not fucking matter. Thanks for listening this week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I just gotta be honest with you. I'm not one of them bullshit show business who makes believe everything is going okay. You know? Because everything is not going okay. <laughs>